Welcome to Journey Church. Our church exists to help people find God, experience freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about Journey Church, please visit us at ourjourney.tv. Welcome home. Welcome to Journey Church. Now, here's Dr. Dale Yerton. It's a delight to be home, be with you today. I'm sharing a message with you on lies we believe, and the particular subject I'm supposed to speak about is the lie of everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Now, the reason that I am calling that a lie is because it's a half-truth. A half-truth. Half-truths are whole lies. I think we ought to all say that. Just turn to your neighbor and say, a half-truth is a whole lie. Boy, it is the truth. It's, it's like in the Garden of Gethsemane when the serpent said, and any time the serpent starts talking, you need to be very, very cautious. He said, uh, Eat of this tree and your eyes will be open. God knows your eyes are going to be opened and that's the reason he said not to do it. Now the question is, were their eyes opened? Yes, they were. They just didn't know what they were going to see. When their eyes were opened, instead of seeing all these glorious wonders, they saw their own nakedness. A half-truth is a whole lie. And that's what we're dealing with in this subject. This comes what, what the world calls fatalism. Fatalism is basically the belief that everything is predetermined. Everything happens for a reason. And they put all the emphasis, all of the responsibility it's not on me. No, no. It happens for a reason. I don't know what the reason is. It's, you know, like, like the, I remember the man saying, uh, would you help a needy cause? And he said, I'm the needy and my wife is the cause, you know. And, 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 and everything doesn't happen like that, folks. No, not at all. So fatalism is a half-truth Half-truths are whole lies. Another way it's said, and you've even heard songs written on this theme, whatever will be, will be. Yes, you've heard the same songs, haven't you? Whatever will be, will be. Now, the sad thing of this is, is it's not only in the world out here, but it's got into the church as well. And there are so many people, they believe in what, what we use this big terminology, we'll say predestination. And, and I do believe that God does predetermine some things. It is a biblical term. But the concept that a lot of religious people have is God is the one making all the decisions. And that's not true. That is not true. Predestination, the belief that God has predetermined everything. And I, I've, I've read the same books, the theological studies, that God has damned the masses to eternal destruction. I'm sorry, friend, 
That's not biblical. The Bible clearly says it is not God's will that any should perish. That's the will of God. So even the church has been affected by this. Now, some people just call it luck. I, I remember the, the Chinese tell a story about a uh, farmer that um, he had a son, a big boy. He was grown now, but he's still living at home. And uh, one day he found a horse. And oh my, everybody around the farm is talking about he found a horse. And they say, isn't he lucky? And the old farmer said, well, I don't know. Time will show whether he is lucky or not. Well, the young man, what are you going to do with a horse? He's going to try to ride it, of course. And so he gets out trying to ride this horse that is not used to people riding him. And the horse throws him off and breaks the young man's leg. And now all the neighbors are saying, oh, this is terrible. This is bad luck. He, the horse threw him and broke his leg. And the old farmer says, well, I don't know whether it is good luck, bad luck. Only time will tell. And then the next day, the soldiers of the emperor come through the area, conscripting all young men, the age of the farmer's son, into the emperor's army. And of course, he doesn't go because he got a broke leg. And everybody now is saying, oh, you're so lucky because the horse threw you and broke your leg. Now, you, you can choose to live like that if you want to, but to me, that sounds like brother yo-yo. It, it just sounds like confusion to me that you, you don't know which end is up. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible very clearly gives us some, some guidelines, things that we can understand that help us to make the decisions for our life. Number one, let me talk about the creator, the creator. In talking about the creator, you, you find this in, in the beginning, it says God. That's the first words in your Bible. In the beginning, God. It starts with the creator. Now, it's simple logic. There has to be a creator because there is a creation. It had to start somewhere. I remember the young Iranian that challenged me when I was in uh, Turkey and he was challenging me because he didn't believe in God. And he's saying to me, do you believe the story of Adam and Eve? And I said, yes, I do. He said, you can't prove it. And I said, that's true and I'm not going to try. But neither can you prove that it didn't happen. However, the burden of proof is on you, not me, because we're here. How did we get here? It had to start somewhere. The way the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it starts with the creator. And you read in Genesis 1 and 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God is the creator. That's where it all begins, with him. 
It starts with the creator God. Now it goes on in the second chapter of Genesis and talks about God creating a garden where he places the man that he has made. He puts him in the garden. And it says in Genesis, the second chapter, verses 16 and 17, God is speaking to this man, Adam. And every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Now notice what he's saying in that. He's saying of every tree you can freely eat. What does that point out? It points out there's more than one tree in the garden. We don't know how many there were. There's only two that are named, but it says there were many different kinds of trees that were there in the garden. And God said, you can eat of any of those that you want. What is God doing? God is giving him a choice. And that's the second word that I want to talk about. The creator gives us a choice. A choice. In fact, I really believe it's the greatest power that we have. Now, some things you never forget because they just it's stuck in your mind in such a way. Been many, many, many years ago, I was sitting in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in a Western Civilization class at the University of Arkansas, and the lecturer was waxing eloquently about you're just the product of your circumstances. You believe what you believe because of what your parents taught you. And I mean, he went on, he's got this whole thing mapped out and we listened for an hour to Mr. Smarts, Mr. Professor, tell us that we couldn't think, we could not make decisions, that we made the choices we made because our parents told us what to do. And I'll never forget, Young man sitting right to my left. I still remember the name was Jim Tremble. And some people you just don't forget. They just, you know. And uh, Jim raises his hand. The professor recognizes him. And, and uh, he stands up and he sa- calls him by name, Mr. Professor. Said, if, if what you are saying is true, then why is it that identical twins raised by the same parents in the same home, in the same church, go attend the same school. They grow up and uh, one of them decides he wants to marry a blonde and become a baker. The other identical twin decides he wants to marry a redhead and become a policeman. And the professor just stood there and looked at him. I start laughing. (laughs) Brilliant, that's why I still remember his name. Brilliant. In one question, he shot down a whole hour's lecture. Why? Because the power of choice. You're not just what somebody told you. Oh yes, they can have an influence on your life. We're all influenced by others. We're all listening to somebody just like you're listening to me right now. But ultimately, you make the choice. The decision is yours. And that's the greatest power that God has given to you. 
In the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter in verse 19, Moses is addressing the children of Israel right before he climbs a mountain and God conducts his funeral. And so he's challenging these Israelites. This Deuteronomy 30 and 19. He says, God says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now notice what he's saying. Yes, God's the creator, but no, God didn't predetermine everything. He gave you the choice. The choice is ours. What are we going to do with it? So you can say, yes, everything happens for a reason. Many times the reason is because of what I chose to do. I never cease to amaze a people that end up in a bad place, but they never can connect the dots between where they are and what they did. How did they get there? You didn't just happen to get there. You made decisions. You made choices that brought you to that place. Here's what so many people fail to recognize. The choice we make brings with it consequences. We don't think of that so many times. We only think about doing what we want to do. And I know that it's a sticky subject with a lot of people, but they tell me it's a true story, a true story of a minister. He sincerely believed there was nothing wrong with taking a social drink once in a while. He sincerely believed it and he said, the Bible talks about not getting drunk, but it doesn't say that you can't have a drink. That was his choice. That was what he sincerely believed. But all four of his children became alcoholics. Now, he could handle it. They could not. And he raised them in that environment. They could not handle the consequences of the choice that their father made. Now, I'm simply using that as an illustration that every decision we make has consequences to it. That's why he said, choose life so that both you and your descendants, your children, your grandchildren. And so a lot of things that I do, I don't do it for me. I do it for my children, my grandchildren. I'm trying to think long range, think long term, choose life that you may live. Do you understand? There are consequences that comes with our choice. And we are responsible for the choices that we make. It's, it's like has been well said, we can't sow our wild oats and then pray for crop failure. It don't work that way, friend. No, you reap what you sow. Now this brings me to a third word that I want to talk about. In fact, let me just see what you've learned. We started with what word? 
Creator, exactly. Let's all say it together. Creator. Oh, we can do better than that. Let's all say it together. Creator. The second word? That's right. Excellent. Choice. Here's the third word. The third word is chance. Chance. Time and chance are a part of the gamble we call life. Now, I'm trying to put it in terms everybody can clearly understand. That I'm going to do this, but I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work out. Just like I was asking you to pray. I believe I'm doing the right thing this week, but I know I'm, I'm over my head. I know this thing is bigger than I am. I'm going to need God's help to be able to pull this off. To be able to influence these people. Time and chance. We can call it the gamble of life. Now, I take this from a verse of scripture in Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter and verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9 and 11, he said, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. That's where I get these two words. Time and chance. What, what are we talking about? Time. Time, for instance, is the stuff life is made of. It's, it's the clock. We are here and we're already planning where we're going to go eat lunch today. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking in chronological time. Tomorrow, I plan to be on an airplane this time, flying to Mexico. I mean, we, we, we live in a time warp, but none of us know exactly how much we've got. Our heart is beating, but we don't know how many more days it will beat. Time. It's what life is made of. Then chance. What do we mean when we talk about chance? Chance is the risk we take when we make a choice. The choice. It, 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 there, there's always this. Uh, Pastor Will was speaking about his experience of building a house and his marriage doing great and his in-laws suffering a little bit because he's living there. That's why, you know. But um, time and chance. One thing Will did not know when he started his house, when he sold his house to begin the new one, was how much the prices of materials were just going to escalate during this time. That's a chance that is involved on things we cannot control. Time and chance. It's a part of life. Now, the truth is, if, if living the Christian life was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not easy. It's challenging. It's demanding. And sometimes it's the toughest thing that you ever did. I've discovered this principle in life. Just because it's the right thing to do doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Some of the things that I knew, 
Like when my family and I moved from Arkansas after 25 years of ministry there in Arkansas to move here to Kentucky. I knew it was the right thing to do. I just didn't know all it was going to cost me. It was one of the hardest things I was able to do. I wouldn't have the strength to do it today. I'd have to have somebody help me do it. I couldn't do it because it demanded too much. So just because it's the right thing to do doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Now in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter and verse 9, Paul is talking about his personal life. He said, I'm in Ephesus and I have this great opportunity. Here's the way he wrote it. For a great and effective door has opened to me. He's talking about planting churches. He's talking about preaching the gospel, reaching people with the good news of Christ. He said, he called it a great and effective door has opened to me. And he said, and there are many adversaries. Now notice those two words. With every opportunity comes adversity. Did you see the connection? With every opportunity there is adversity. Why? Because we're not alone on planet earth. There's somebody else besides just us here. In fact, the last time I checked, there is seven Point nine billion people on planet earth right now. That's almost 8 billion people. 7.9 billion people. I can say that, but I really can't even comprehend numbers that are that big, that, that are that vast. What that is saying, that every one of those 7.9 billion people have got a will just like I do. They can make decisions for themselves. And they do. So we're not alone. We not only have God and the devil, but we got 7.9 billion people that the decisions they make affect our lives. It's a great and effective door that's open for me, but there's many adversities. It's why it makes it difficult. It's because it involves other people. Now, the truth is, we have no power over their choices. None whatsoever. You have cho power over your choices, your decisions. You have no power over the choices that they make. But here's what you do have. You have the power for your response to their choices. Just because... They cuss you out doesn't mean you have to cuss back. That's your choice. Just because they're mean doesn't mean you have to be mean. That's your choice. See, you make the choice of what you are going to do. Now, here, here's the mistake I see that so many make. Many that do not believe in the creator, they start with chance. And that's where the evolutionist stands. The evolutionist said, there's nothing we cannot prove if you give us enough time and chance. So I remember when they were really promoting this when I was still in school as a young man and they were talking about so many million years ago. They don't talk that way anymore. 
They'll say, billions of years ago. Or they, they, they just, what are they doing? They keep moving the, the goalposts back more and more time because they say, there's nothing we cannot prove if we don't have enough time, if we have enough time and chance. See what they're doing? They're beginning with the word chance. I choose not to live that way. I choose to live my life based on what we call intelligent design. I do not believe that life is an accident looking for a place to happen and they call it me. No, 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 no. I believe that there is a creator God that created me. Gave me the power of choice. No, I don't know how it's all going to work out as far as the decisions I make. But just because everything may not happen for a reason does not mean that we cannot make reasonable responses. We have the power of choice. And so what I've discovered is in life, it's not what happens to us that is most important. You know what is most important? What is most important is what happens in us and then through us. Not what happens to me. No, it's my response to that circumstance. The response to somebody else's choice. What happens in me, I have power over that. And nobody, nobody can make me hate them. That's my choice. I make that decision. No, nobody, oh yes, some people can start making me angry, but I, I've learned, just get away, you know? Just back off, just do something else. Do, that's my choice, my choice. It's what happens in me and then through me. Because as I make the choice of life, and that's why Moses said to the Israelites, God has set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life so that you may live and your descendants live after you. No, it is not true that everything happens for a reason. Oh, in a vague sense, if you want to say, yes, there are, are 7.9 billion people that they're the reason. If you want to say that, that God and eternity and the devil and... No, there's no sense in doing that. Half-truths are whole lies. Make the decision. I am going to make reasonable choices because God has created me and given me that power. And I believe, yes, there is a risk, but I choose to live by faith. I choose to live by the word of God. That's my choice. And I challenge you, do the same thing, friend, and you will never regret it. Would you bow with me for prayer, please? Welcome to Journey Church. Our church exists to help people find God, experience freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about Journey Church, please visit us at OurJourney.tv. Now, let's go this week and be the church in our community as we focus on loving God and loving others. See you next week.